BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Content warning for violence against the queer community. What's the significance of that specific sentence that you were just, hey, you, what is it? Hey, you, that's my bike. What is it? It like opens up your mouth and your lungs. Hey, you, that's my bike. That's right. You're good, Natalie. Okay. I can kind of see that. Hey, you, that's my bike. (laughs) It's also unique New York. I know that from uh, Anchorman. That's right. How are you doing today, Amber? I'm doing good. I am... um, dog sitting in the suburbs and I've never lived in the suburbs so I don't know what what that lifestyle is but I am even though I'm grateful for this gig I have I am grateful that I did not settle down with two separate men in my past who said that they wanted to take me to the suburbs and wipe me off Every time you do go to the suburbs, you're just like, I'm glad those men are gone. Every time. <laughs> um, I want to stick my head in the oven. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's a beautiful home you're in, too. It's yes. Like, I get it. I ran far away from the suburbs uh, growing up. It's not a great place to be at. It's no. a lot of like, um, and even where you are currently house sitting, it's not even that much of a generic suburb. It's kind of a, still a beautiful location. It's just yeah. far away from stuff. And the suburbs of Pittsburgh, it's just um, like cul-de-sacs of, you know, stamped houses. Oh, right. Um, and they hate anything that's different. Uh, yeah. And I wonder, it made me like like a light bulb moment in my head because I've gone on dates with guys that grew up in the suburbs and they would kind of look at me with disgust and I'd be like, do I have a booger in my nose? Did I say something wrong? And it's just me. Yeah. I, I just don't fit in with this lifestyle they had. Even me moving to the suburbs as a fifth grader, they were already like, you've got the stink of city on you. <laughs> Stink on you. Get out of here. Get out of here, city kid. It could be also because my grandmother dressed me like a a, a very fashionable 55-year-old woman. Oh, my God. Like blazers with lots of color on it? Uh, Absolutely. I love that. Like sequin things. Like I would have have crushed it at my grandma's like church meetings. They would have been like, damn, girl, where'd you get that? But in my school, Mm. not as popular, I will say. No, they want the Abercrombie and Fitch. They wanted, yeah. Whatever was the mall outfits at the Beige, time. Beige khakis. Yeah, pretty much. And I don't like it. Welcome to Someplace Underneath an LG. I'm Amber Nelson. Those maxi skirts are making a comeback. And I all I think about is like just church and men being like, you got to submit. Yeah. No, if I wear a maxi skirt, it usually has a slit up to my almost my vulva. Yes, you know right. I, I like a little leg showing because it's, it's restricting okay? i mean god created our bodies show it off yeah show off if you want to if you want to yeah yeah. um so we're getting back into this very tragic story yes in mississippi and this is actually also something that i wish people around jay would have understood which is who cares if he's wearing a dress you fucking idiots who right. cares 
Let wear what you want to wear. It is such a juvenile thing to be mad at people about. So stupid. Unless you're wearing a fucking swastika or something. It's a control issue because I I would bet you money everything in that person's life is chaotic. Mm -hmm. They probably live in the burbs and they're bored out of their mind and they're like thinking of all these different decisions I could have made when I was younger to not be here and then, oh, I see somebody free? Well, I gotta shut that down. Yeah, and this this seems specifically like this is, this crime itself is a case of that in, in by what I can gauge, at least, um, some of I'm making some assumptions, but I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that there was a case of somebody living in their own skin and the case of somebody who was too scared or too cowardly to live in their their skin. And so that made them really angry. Mm. Um, and so let's just go back when we last left off. Jay had gone missing and we were starting to discuss the timeline and what connections the man arrested for his murder, whose name is Sheldon Timothy Harrington Jr., who goes by Tim or Timothy, had with Jay. It's been proven pretty clearly that Timothy had a sexual relationship with Jay, one that Jay had no problems with, but clearly Tim did, as well as Tim's community. Um namely that he was he was not allowed to be a gay person. Mm. Um, so we know that last year, at the time of this recording, July 7th, 2022, so when we're recording this, it's almost one year, Tim contacted Jay over Snapchat using an alt account because Jay had blocked him. If you'll recall, Amber, we had read over their Snap messages. Right, and it got a little violent. It was just like, never contact me again. But then he was like, all right, I'll come back over. Yeah, but he was already hesitant because he said along the lines of you, you can't beat me up if I come over, as though he was anticipating it. That is so scary. Never go back over. It's done. I know. And I mean, but we've all maybe not to that level of violence, but a lot of us have made those those choices to go back to somebody when you really shouldn't have. Right. He it's didn't really mean hard. it. Right. It's hard. It's really hard to do that. Over the snaps we read last week, Timothy had manipulated Jay into coming back to Tim's house, or at least it seemed as though Jay had agreed to meet him even if he wasn't super thrilled about it. In the early morning hours of July 8th, Jay is seen leaving his apartment on security cameras and is never seen after that point. But if you'll recall, in the minutes before, Timothy at his house had Googled how long it takes to strangle someone. So it's not looking great uh, in general. So, yeah, that that morning of July 8th, early morning hours, as Jay's going, yeah, he's just, I guess, preparing for Jay to show up. And he Googles that term as well as looks up transport. So that evening of July 8th, now that, you know, Jay has disappeared, Jay's mom requests a wellness check on him as he was still living on campus, having only graduated a couple weeks beforehand from the University of Mississippi. Jay and his mom are very close, and she was alarmed that his phone had been shut off all day, uh, which was very unusual for him, especially because it was her birthday and he would have normally spoken for quite a while. Yeah. When campus security went to go do the wellness check, they found Jay's door slightly ajar and his beloved dog Lexi inside. His door being ajar is interesting, but... That could also be because he left it that way sometimes. Maybe I, I, I can see as a holdover from college life, you don't always like lock everything up because you're just right. sort of like, we're all living together. It's cool. We're grownups now. Yeah, my buddy George is coming in to play video games later. It's cool. Yeah. And so I don't know that that's necessarily nefarious, but also the dog being there is just another indication because everyone said that he loved, he cherished that dog. He would never have just, like, left the dog alone. Right. Um, and it's a super cute little dog, maybe like a little chihuahua mix kind of puppy. Um, the next day, not a lot publicly seemed to be happening, so July 9th. But I'm sure in the, you know, friends and family circle, they were all searching for him hysterical. And then on July 10th. The University of Mississippi Police Department puts out a bulletin on their social media accounts to ask the public for help locating Jay's Black Ford Fusion, which had a vanity plate saying Jay Lee 1, which is very cute. That is cute. 
because, again, security cameras had located him leaving in his car and not returning. Very shortly after posting, UMPD gets a call from a towing company who has discovered Jay's car parked illegally in an apartment complex only about a mile away from the main University of Mississippi campus. Well, if it was like really early in the morning and you're just going to go run in just real quick, say goodbye or whatever, park it illegally, run back in. Well, where it was parked, there was no real reason for him to be parked in that parking lot. Oh. So where they found the apartment complex where the car was left, it was very close to the university and very close to where both Jay and Timothy live, but none of them... It didn't have a correlation to either man. So they also, this towing company, when they see the bulletin put out on July 10th, um, they tell the police that they actually had towed his car the same day, July 8th. They just didn't know it was a missing person's car. So they'd had the car at their um, their impound lot for two days at that point. And they had found that car uh, parked illegally at 2 p.m. that day. So that is roughly, oh, no, not math. Um, <laughs> 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, eight hours later from whenever he seen leaving his apartment. Um, so that means between the time security saw him leave at 6 a.m. and the time the towing company moved his car at 1.52 p.m., Something occurred. As far as I can tell, there's no connection to that apartment complex, like I said, as though it was dropped there haphazardly to get it away, if that makes sense. Around the same time, the police get a tip from one of Jay's friends saying that he was also Snapchatting with Jay around the same time that he was with Timothy. And... He Jay was saying to this friend that he was going to meet up with somebody he used to hook up with. The person who left this tip didn't know the name of the person Jay was going to meet. But Jay did say in their exchange that it was someone he had blocked on Snapchat recently and had contacted him from an alt account. So it's the same guy. That would be too much one night. Two different guys you're going to meet up with a lot. Right. And also to and, and we have this eventually gets verified anyway by the police. But, yeah, he didn't. It, there was only one person he was talking to from an alt account who he had blocked, and it was Timothy. Once the police had a location on the car, they ban- began going through any video footage from the apartment complex area and pretty rapidly discovered the footage showing the car pulling into this random complex at 725 a.m., it is called the Molly Bar Trails apartment complex. That is the random place that the car was left. So they, after they realize this is where the car was parked, they start pulling all of the security footage from that complex. And at, they see on that morning at 7.25 a.m., the car pulls up and it's parked there in the illegal spot. And then another angle shows a man wearing dark shorts, a gray hoodie, and black and white sneakers running through the back of that complex into the woods behind it. Super shady. Also, if you're going to like just dump the car, do it in a place that's legal, I guess. It could sit there longer. It's very... I don't think that this young man planned this out very well. Um, I could say that there's a chance he's just been sort of coddled his whole life. and If he's Googling how to strangle, he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. So... He didn't make and I'm glad I'm glad he didn't come up with a genius plan. Right. Let's be clear. But um, so, yes, this video shows a, a, this guy leaving the scene um, and Amber, I, I did a screenshot here so you can see that behind this complex is a stretch of trees and then a field before you get back to the road. So perhaps he chose this location because it was set back from the streets and he had the ability to run through the forest, if that makes sense. That is scary. At night? No, this was in the morning now. Oh, okay. Like early in the morning? Yeah, 7, yeah. 7.25 a.m. So, yeah. Um, so this is basically 7.25. This is only an hour and a half after Jay left to go meet him. This is a very brief amount of time that this all occurred. Um so I think maybe he could have chosen this apartment complex if you can see that picture because he felt like, oh, I can escape through the trees and they won't see me. But 
you know, in, in our nanny state, there's no real seclusion, is there? No. <laughs> um, guess who was spotted wearing the same outfit later in the same morning? Couldn't be Timothy. It was Timothy. So, yeah, that's bad, Timothy. Change your outfit. I mean, again, I'm glad he didn't. But like, yeah. So this was not planned out very well. Just actually some 20 minutes later, he was spotted on a camera at a nearby gas station. I couldn't find out which one, but there is a Chevron half a mile away from this apartment complex. And he could have feasibly ran through the woods and across the field to reach it in 20 minutes. When the police first discovered the footage of the same man wearing the same clothes at this gas station, they, of course, didn't know who that was, but will be able to identify him in a matter of days. What's interesting is that he went to this gas station and he was picked up by a white Kia Optima. Oh, because there's somebody else in on it. Because who would be like, yeah, I'll meet you at the gas station at 725 in the morning. No big deal. I'll tell you what Not me. that person said. But yes, it's very strange. So the person who was at this gas station in the Kia Optima had tags associated with the University of Michigan. So it was like another student. Um, there has never been another person of interest publicly known uh, to like to any of us, and no one else was arrested. But it makes you wonder who this person is. I assume the police know, but I've never found anything nodding to their identity. This is all determined in a matter of a few days. Um, however, in missing person time, this is like agony. Yeah. Um, for Jay's loved ones and his mom, it's her birthday. Yeah, and we all know like those first couple of days are crucial, and it, once it starts getting away from a couple of days, it's less and less likely they're going to be found. And so those couple of days were like a millennium to them, you know. So. Um, by July 13th, Jay's friends and family are p- appearing on the news and his father gives a public statement through the police while also speaking with love about his son's accomplishments and just appealing to maybe a, a not accepting crowd of what a good man his son Jimmy Jay was and is. Um, on July 15th, one week after Jay was last seen, His family organizes a search party around a nature preserve in the area called Clear Creek Lake, which was the location where another UM student's body was found several years earlier. I can't imagine that anguish either of both wanting to find him and not wanting to find him. Oh, your own family members? Like, just walking through the woods being like, is that a finger? I don't know. Yeah. Terrified. Basically having to go search an area where another body was dumped Wanting to know what happened, but like probably dreading that they're going to find him there. I don't think I could emotionally do it. Awful. So the FBI gets involved on July 20th. And it seems like a not completely thorough or accurate investigation had happened up to that point. I have no idea whether the local PD was working diligently or not on the case. I just know that, you know, in these high risk missing persons cases, time is crucial. Minutes are crucial. And it's not until July 21st that they obtain Jay's Snapchat messages. So with that number of days, I don't really understand why it took that long to obtain his phone records. That seems like that should have been immediate. Yeah. It's very strange to me. I is don't it know. Is because Snapchat and all that is like a new thing and the police officers are boomers? Maybe, but like his friend gave a tip off about Snapchat the day after he disappeared. So this is 13 days later or whatever. Um, That's I don't know. It's weird. It's from these these Snapchat messages that they narrow down who the man in the shorts and gray hoodie is based on the phone number and Google voice account that were linked to this alt Snapchat account where Timothy contacted Jay on the, you know, two weeks prior. That's right. Don't worry. Timothy had a podcast, hence the Google Voice account. I didn't want you to be concerned that Timothy didn't have a podcast. Can we listen to it? It's, I only found one episode. It's very boring. It's just basically he's trying to talk about business. I would rather that than if he was some like alpha male podcast. Yeah. I mean, he, it's just kind of a nothing thing. Um, So the Kia that was spotted on the cameras at the gas station. So 
that Kia, though, they found there just by by happenstance later that morning, that same Kia also happened to be pulled over for a traffic violation. Guess who the body camera footage captured in the passenger seat? Timothy. So now they have verified evidence. That man who we saw running from the forest, running to the gas station, is now definitely Timothy. There's, like, really clear footage of him sitting in that car. So they're like, this is Timothy. It's still, again, unclear who was driving him from that gas station. All I found was that the person who was driving was a guy and that he said he happened to see Timothy running near the apartment complex. And when he stopped to talk to him, Harrington told him he had just gone for a run and was tired and asked for a ride. I don't believe it. What college student goes for a run at 7 in the morning? But also they're drunk. It's just also odd because... It's just very coincidental that one of his friends just happened to see him and pull over and offer him a ride. It's very strange, but I don't know. There's never been any more information put out. When police have established a potential person of interest, they go to Timothy's upscale housing unit. So though all tech, although technically student housing, Timothy's apartment looked more like corporate housing. It had a pool and a roof top deck and stuff. Wow. Um, no, not my college apartment. I know. <laughs> I don't know what year it was like. Mine weren't like that when I was in college. Um, I, I didn't even really live on campus for most of the time. Um, but so Timothy essentially is living in a very privileged person's apartment building. It's something that it, most college students would never have. It was like a very bougie looking spot. Um, which is not a crime in itself or even a bad thing, but it's just kind of also just a little bit more repulsive that he would feel the need to, to hurt this guy he was sleeping around with who was not privileged, who worked really hard for everything he just accomplished and then wants to hurt him and afterwards. dump his car and go back to his American his, Psycho apartment? Yes. So, and obviously his family was paying for that because he was in college. Um it doesn't matter in the grand scheme. It just it's, it's so vile to me. It's, it makes me think of the Murdoch's cases that were just all through the news, which included they just reopened. There's, they have so many death cases around them, and they just reopened the death of this gay man named Stephen Smith. And the allegations are that he had a secret sexual relationship with one of the Murdoch's sons and that the family got it all just like brushed away and I f- get a same vibe right. from this. It's powerful people just kind of like quote unquote pushing it under the rug. Yes. But like that is like hurting people. Yeah. Uh, they And they're treating the people who are less fortunate than them like they're insects, which is it's uh, it's just make I'm getting off topic, but it's the imbalance leading to violence that there's like those rich sons, man. Yeah. They, they think can... their lovers are beneath them. And it's just like somehow. It's just like in reality, those trust fund kids can often be like the most useless yeah. human beings who are just leeching off of society. It's just so annoying. Man. I used to work at a cocktail bar. It's a little off topic. But one night we had to dress up in black outfits and the servers or the owners were like, stand there, girls. And when we're ready, we'll call you. And then this really handsome man started talking to me just like a normal person. And then they were like, Amber, we need you table three. And he said, oh, I'm sorry. I never hit on the help. Ew. So he just called me the help, like, right to my face. And I just kind of was like, okay. And you you know that man doesn't serve any purpose in the no. world. It's just, like, fucking a parasite. Like, ugh. And I just, it's so disgusting. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms, and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. 
cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Start your electric journey right here, right now. With a Volvo XC90 Recharge, our plug-in hybrid SUV with extended range. For more everyday electric journeys on a single charge with a hybrid option for longer adventures. Contact your local retailer to book a test drive or design your own vehicle at volvocars.com slash US. The Volvo XC90 Recharge Plug-in Hybrid. The electric car with a backup plan. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. It's not always you don't have if you're a rich kid, it doesn't mean that you are automatically bad. But, you know, there's just like those kind of people who it seems like with Timothy, maybe his family is just like serving the parents inflated egos. And that's all that matters to them is like to make sure that they have good appearances and like their son's crimes. They just have to like push them away. So nobody thinks anything bad about them. And that's more important because weren't they like well off in church? And also wasn't his dad a, a judge, not a judge. He has relatives um, all through police and the judicial system, and he was represented by, uh, I believe, his uncle. It was it's a relative. Maybe somebody driving that white car was somebody in his family. I, you know, my mind goes there, and I that that is purely speculation. But it, that does it, it's like because why the police would be like, ah, we don't know who that is. I'm like, you know who, exactly who that is. That's your buddy. <laughs> and, and this is really it's not complete conspiracy, as we'll talk about. There's a lot of really. Uh, inappropriate things going on with the police force in this situation. So now that they figured out this is Timothy, the police go to Timothy's fancy apartment to ask him questions. They note that his place is half packed up. And if you'll recall in the snap exchange between Jay and Timothy, he told Jay that he was going to be gone by the evening. Hence why Jay decided to go that early in the morning because Timothy was like telling him he had to come before the night. Because he was leaving to move to Dallas. So when the police show up there, they do note his stuff's everywhere. The cops have enough to go on to take him into the station at this point. And while I don't think they could have arrested him with just that alone, at that point, Harrington, Timothy Harrington, seems pretty willing to talk. So he went down to the station. Um, however, they had enough to execute a search warrant. So while Timothy was sitting at the police station being questioned, they go through his apartment and they confiscate a bunch of stuff, including his MacBook and some dark colored running shorts that looked like very similar to what they saw on the video. I bet he thought he would be out in Dallas by then. Well, he was half right. Yeah. Um, So um, we'll get into that. (laughs) So they also bring in in this uh, search warrant, they bring in cadaver dogs. And while I appreciate that they must do this, it just sucks that they are already assuming that he's deceased. Um, and, yeah, there was it doesn't seem like there's a ton of hustle on it. You yeah, know? I think it's because the the ha- the packed up stuff. It's just like, why are you leaving so quick, man? Yeah, no, I'm that, glad I'm glad that they brought the cadaver dogs in, yeah. but it didn't seem like they treated it very long as a missing case. They were kind of just like, he's probably dead, so let's just you know take our time a little bit. Um, and this is the case with so many missing people we cover. And I and I do wonder if the delay in obtaining Jay's Snapchats and the fact that he was so active in the gay community had any impact on how they treated the case. Um, like, yeah, whether it was just like cops who don't understand tech or whether they didn't really care because they're like, oh, he lives a high risk lifestyle. So I guess, you know, he's probably already gone and whatever. I don't know. Because it wasn't until the FBI showed up that they got the Snapchats. So, you know, it's just like 
July 8th to July 21st. And then they finally are looking at his. Yeah. So we're both counting on our fingers. I know. I'm like eight, nine, ten. (laughs) Regardless, the police canines end up making four indications that they smell death in the apartment. Three in the bedroom, one in the living room. That is scary. Yeah. So further, the dogs also indicate they find the smell inside of Harrington's car. With the dogs and whatever forensics they have, it's enough to arrest Timothy while he's being questioned. The following days, he is he's sitting in jail. Nearing the end of July, they expand their search for Jay to a wider radius. And it's clear that Timothy is not talking and he is also denying the charges, hence them having to search farther and wider because Timothy will not take any accountability for what has happened. Um, Despite the fair amount of evidence against him, he's still like, I didn't do it. I didn't do nothing. I don't know. He was just at first saying he also he vaguely knew Jay like knew him from school or whatever. And then, of course, eventually they made it. There was enough evidence to go. You were obviously having sex with each other and you're lying. Um, during this time, police department also discovers footage of Timothy at Walmart that morning of July 8th, purchasing duct tape at just 6.41 a.m. Man, he's doing that. He's not very bright with this. No, but. That that in itself is so intense because so Jay would have gotten to the apartment around six. It's probably late as six oh five. That is a forty minute, thirty five minute window where this at this point it doesn't mean that Jay was deceased, but he could have been in distress. It also could have happened that quickly, Um, but who's to say what was he planning? Why did he go buy duct tape in that moment? Yeah, that's that's weird. What would you use with it? And that much of it over a mouth or I don't know. Or he was trying to wrap up some bags if the it was already deed was already done. Oh. And and again, I'm saying this with still holding on to like an inkling of hope that Jay is still out there, but if he was killed, you know, we have to look at it the in that frame too. That's so dark, Natalie. It's awful. So, you know, Maybe Jay was still alive at that point, and he told Jay he had to run out to grab something. But what he was doing was grabbing duct tape at the Walmart. So he was just chilling in that other guy's apartment alone. I mean, that's just an eye like a concept, but there's also a hard like a likely chance he had already killed him. You know, so we don't know. Um, so on July 29th, police end up also searching Timothy's parents' house. And also in that search, find ring footage of him getting a wheelbarrow and a shovel from his parents' house on that day, July 8th. So after they do their their, the family stuff searched, they search through all of like his parents' house. They find him that same day picking up things that would, if you had killed somebody, be helpful to move a body and bury it. Oh, God. So by August... Timothy Harrington was in jail. He was in jail by the end of July, and he would not admit to anything. And though his counsel tried to ask for a bail to be set, it was denied. Um, He made a second appearance in August, and again they tried to make a bail be set, and it was again denied a second time. However, you remember how I keep saying that Timothy was from an affluent family? Mm Mm-hmm. One that was well known in the justice system as well as religious community. Well, a bunch of high powered people got involved, including the sheriff of Granada, Rolando Fair. So where the University of Mississippi is, is called Oxford. And where Timothy is from is Granada, which you said you had heard of before, right? Mm -hmm. So the sheriff of his hometown who, you know, he knows the he knows the Harringtons well because they're so affluent in the in the, the town. Um, he ended up writing a letter to the judge asking for Timothy to be released on bail. This is clearly in any circumstance highly inappropriate. A, a friend of the family of a, a, a guy who might have murdered somebody else should not be writing in saying, 
let him out on bail. He shouldn't be sitting in jail. That's a huge conflict of interest for a number of reasons. Yeah. Also, he had no good reason to ask for that. Not because, oh, there's not enough evidence. It's just because I am friends with his family. So you should let him out. A potential murderer. Yeah. Um, like with a lot of evidence. This isn't just like, oh, they're just trying to get somebody. It's like a lot of evidence against him. So, um, was he, was it granted? Well, (laughs) so this is at the, this isn't like the beginning of August and throughout the fall last year. And as also as Jay's friend and advocate, Braylon Johnson accurately points out when she was being interviewed by Action News 5. It's scary because if there is a chance that Lee's body is in Granada County, then how can we trust the sheriff will make sure the investigation is seen through and handled properly? So what they're saying uh, is that there is a huge possibility that Timothy took the body to Granada where the sheriff is in the pocket of his family and asking him to be set free on bail. So if that is being handled in in that count in Granada, why would anybody ever have any faith that that sheriff would would ever like, you know, serve justice to him? Like, why would he ever if he's already begging and his friends with the family and begging this judge to release Timothy from jail? Why would he ever what what motive would he have to to convict or help convict Timothy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, fuck, I'll go do illegal stuff, too. What's stopping me? It's, there are people in that county. Well, yeah. And but also like if he so basically if that sheriff knew or found out that the body was in that town, maybe he would just cover it up. Right. Because he's asking for this guy to be released. Like, that's not. Okay. This is like mafia shit. It's really fucking it is I think it's really more like south southern like weird little southern gothic towns. This is like so many cases are like this. It's yeah. like the small town um, If you're high profile, you can get away with literal murder. Yeah, and and a lot of those police forces end up being a little bit like the mafia because they don't have a lot of oversight. So they have small communities of police it usually takes, again, like this case, the FBI to show up for it to be handled appropriately or be taken seriously. And so Jay's friend Braylon is completely correct in saying that we are scared because this sheriff is showing preferential treatment to this family. And we don't think Jay's going to be found because of it. Like already early on in the case. Yeah. So and they are, you know. They are, again, right to be concerned because that day, July 8th, beyond him having the wheelbarrow and the shovel, there was also footage of Timothy. He was seen driving a box truck from Oxford, the location of the university, to Granada, where his family lives and holds power. So he had a moving truck with him that day. I don't know. Could fit a lot of stuff in there. So he took that truck to his parents' house. Oh, my Mommy and Daddy will cover it up for me. You know, it really, it really is not that big of a stretch to think that 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 could have happened because of the way this is all being treated. So, again, I last week I kind of poorly explained what an indictment was because I, for the people like myself who didn't really understand what an indictment is, mm-hmm. if if you need a quick refresher, it's not the same as being found guilty. It's basically a grand jury looks at the evidence and then they go, oh, this person, there's enough evidence that this person probably did it. And so, you know, they sit in jail and wait for trial. We should go to. Yeah. So you're not just like wasting a jury's time. Right. And so during those first few months, Timothy was sitting in jail. The case was still being built. And so the grand jury had not heard the evidence yet. Timothy's reps represented a representation tried to say that they were keeping him in jail illegally because he hadn't been indicted. However, there's no rule saying that that's how that needs to go. He had his bail revoked several times because there was all this evidence. But his lawyer, his attorney was basically being like, this is unconstitutional because there was no indictment yet. But he was acting as though there had been a trial, like a jury who had found they're not 
be enough evidence. But that wasn't the case. It just hadn't happened yet because there was a bunch of tests that had to come back from the lab and stuff. And so, I mean, it was bullshit. But basically, I'm saying he was saying a bunch of bullshit trying to get Timothy out of jail. He didn't do it. It's cool. Let him out. Hey, just what if we just let him out? Come on, man. Come on. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Start your electric journey right here, right now. With a Volvo XC90 Recharge, our plug-in hybrid SUV with extended range. For more everyday electric journeys on a single charge, with a hybrid option for longer adventures. Contact your local retailer to book a test drive, or design your own vehicle at volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC90 Recharge Plug-in Hybrid. The electric car with a backup plan. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. But regardless, they were unsuccessful in getting him a bond set for the first few months. Then the letters started pouring in. Unfortunately, the sheriff was far from the only person to send in letters asking for Timothy's release. In total, 69 letters were sent to the judge. I bet they went in church. I bet they had a whole Sunday Dude, sermon. You're you're completely correct. It yeah. makes me so angry. You got to write a letter to the judge and tell him this is unlawful. What they're From doing from the pulpit, being like, my family member is sitting in jail. You need to do this. Just do you know how fucking amoral that is? Yeah, just like misconstruing words and facts and just saying like this is wrong and and they're the devil. And yeah, I'm sure they you, showed- yeah, if you worship God, you better write that letter or God's going to punish you because right. I'm telling you that from the pulpit. And Lord knows what they said about the, the poor victim in this case. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go over a little bit of this because I was taken aback by some of it. Um, most of them contained refrains like we mentioned last time. He's a good boy. His pants were always pressed. He always hugged his mom. Some of the people who sent these letters in include <gasps> the, sh- the county sheriff, law enforcement, University pastors, of Mississippi faculty. Yep. Faculty, people from like, like uh, extending people from the church, a ton of the, o- like the owners of their church, employees of the church, all of these people. And their law should be unbiased. You should just look at the facts, pure facts. I don't care who you know. It's crazy. There, I don't think it should be legal that a law enforcement member should be able to write a letter being like, you should let him out. Come on, let him out. He's popular. And it, it's, it astounds me how little any of these letters actually contain anything to suggest, even like the idea that the evidence was wrong. It, yeah, it, it's just pure, like, he was a good boy. Yeah, so... No, all feelings-based. Yes, so there is a... 
there is a um, link to all of these letters in the bio for the Instagram account Justice for Jay Lee. A practicing physician at the University of Mississippi. Yeah. A fucking doctor. I mean, it's people who are directly connected to his family. Wow. They are people who are directly connected to his family. This is a well-connected family. Yes. Um, I I tried to read through all of them. I read most of it, but I was so disgusted. I had to stop. It was unbelievable. So many of these letters said that they didn't know the nature of the crimes, but that his family is upstanding and that he's just so upstanding and they're all upstanding. So that should be enough to get him out. So many of them are members of his family's church also. And there was one in particular written by a woman named Lisa who begged for Timothy's release so he could spend time with his precious family, quote, and that his future and life depended upon this release. He very likely strangled a man to death and she is worried about his future. The stranglers. This is bullying. That's what this is. It is repulsive. Like, please go directly to hell. Natalie, I'm so angry at these people because they the the concept that these people act like they are the bastions of goodness and then they don't give a fuck if somebody murdered somebody else, if it makes them look bad. Multiple people begging for leniency on him. One of them stated that he had a strong work ethic. Not if he's Googling how to strangle people. But it's like you write duct that tape. Come you, on. you write that if you're trying to get into a college and you're asking for references, not to be like, could you please let this murderer out of jail? He has a strong work ethic. This is like the same fucking letters they wrote for Josh Duggar, his family. Oh, he reads books to his children every night. So he should get out of jail for the rapes that he did. God, I just want to be like, so, so, bitch, I don't care. It is. Are you kidding me with this? Many noted his high-standing family as if that matters. Doesn't matter. Oh, I would also be remiss, again, I'm going to just reiterate this, too. I know we just said it, but many of the members of church who wrote these letters, who were encouraged to write character like stuff for Timothy from the pulpit, they were told in church that they needed to write these things. I like, can see it now. That is so disgusting. I'm disgusted by it. And then just like manipulating the words. He's a good boy. Of course they didn't say what they did from the pulpit. Of course they didn't say the crimes. People don't know. And it be it also became clear pretty easily in these letters that a lot of them didn't read the charges. It didn't even fucking care to read them. They just knew that he was a good boy. Oh, and he he's volunteered all the time watching the children at the turn. He could I he I know he's good because his family's rich. Um so if you you know if you want to get angry, please feel free to follow the link to Jay's family and friends uh, Instagram account. They made justice for Jay Lee. And it's um, it's also a TikTok. I'm sure it's linked there, too. And it's just like all of this, like it's all about appearances, appearances, appearances. Nothing else matters to these people. Jay doesn't matter to these upstanding church going good citizens. Jay is a nuisance to them. Just tainting their beautiful polo shirt wearing boy man with his wickedness. I ugh, I think Jay's friend Braylon put it well on one of their posts. Let's be frank here. A's in kindergarten do not equal incapable of murder. War glasses do not equal incapable of murder. Uses sir or ma'am do not equal incapable of murder. Plays guitar do not equal incapable of murder. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. I don't care he played guitar. He fucking strangled somebody to death. It's just... It's get him wh- out of here. I know. It's just... I, I, I think we try to get this across as much as we can on this show, but it's something that a pretty large chunk of society seems incapable of grasping. No, not incapable. Unwilling to grasp that there's not somebody who just looks a certain way and then they can't possibly have murdered somebody. There, That person pro- can't possibly be attracted to, to the same sex or to trans people. Did you see how clean his shirt was and his buttoned all the way to the top? There's no way. And so this is also something that same person Braylon wrote on this account. 69 people wrote letters making it clear that Timothy's personal and academic achievements mean more to them than the luring and violence that Timothy committed against a member of our community. Damn. And that's that's inarguably true. If any of those people bothered to look at the evidence, 
it almost seems like it wouldn't matter to them, though many of them admitted they didn't look at the evidence. Yeah, they because don't care. He was a good boy who definitely didn't like sucking dicks, okay? Don't ever question whether he likes sucking dicks because, ew, he hated sucking dicks. Why would you ever even suggest that? Like, God forbid, like, to them, it's almost like that is as bad as the strangulation, you yeah. know? Yeah. I'm so, and I, I keep saying strangulation, like that's been determined. It's not. I, I'm connecting that because of his Google search, and there was no blood. But, um, you know, there's at least a, a likelihood that that occurred. This um, is so. I mean, we've, you know, we say it again and again, but like law, that's the basis of a society. Supposed to be. It's supposed to be. So then, when you break this and you start getting letters in from high-powered people saying he's just a good boy, I mean, that's just like a domino effect. And then we're just going to be living in a Mad Max world. Yeah. And and it, I feel like part of the issue is that we have taught people that very specific things, including laws, are all that matter and not like introspection, deductive reasoning, inductive reasoning, empathy. Like, don't get caught. And it's like it not. It didn't happen. It's, right. It's like all that having no internal dialogue seems to be a big problem that if if you can't if you're not caught doing something then it's not a problem or if you you know it's not technically illegal it's not a problem and it's like that's not how we stop these things i'm just i'm so angry and disappointed by these people what about jay jay was a good person he got his degree in social work he ran fundraisers to to make money for babies formula for mothers who couldn't afford it he acted in a way that you church going, you know, godly. And I'm saying that about this specific sect of, of religion. It's not I'm, so, I'm saying everybody who believes in God is like this. But like he acted in the way that you say you want people to act in life. Oh, they would never find formula for women who couldn't afford it. No. In their minds, it's like, why can't they afford it? Maybe they would they stop their abortion. Right. They certainly wouldn't give them formula for a baby. And they say that out loud. They yeah. just be like, well, they should have closed their legs anyway. Just like. A bitch. Yeah. Like, I want to slap him. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but, you know, I, I guess because Jay liked wearing nail polish and dresses, it's just a crime too far to, to bear. It's pathetic. Fuck them. Now I'm mad, too, Natalie. Yeah, no, this made me really angry today. Well, after all they got those letters out, they eventually got their way. On December 1st, 2022, District Attorney Ben Creekmore and Harrington's defense team made an agreement for Harrington to receive bond while surrendering his passport and wearing an ankle monitor. He was released at $250,000 bond. That's a lot of fucking money. And you know somebody in the law department was like, yeah, I'll take that money. They just pocketed it. Yeah, and it, th- this was ultimately because of the pressure from all of the people in his life. I don't give a in. fuck that you're a doctor of Mississippi. This letter means nothing. They don't even know what the case is. Mm-mm. They've been lied to, manipulated, and they don't even care. It's, it is purely based on affluence in his family that he got out on bond. So that's not even the worst of it, by the way. Again... Thanks to and only thanks to Jay's friends and family, it became known that Timothy was allegedly using Tinder in Dallas, Texas when he got Bond, trying to meet men. Oh, fuck him. So I say allegedly because it's never been formally acknowledged by the police. But again, if you go to the Justice for Jay Lee TikTok, screenshots were posted of a Tinder account of Timothy's looking to link up in Texas during that interim when he was out on bond. And by the way, he was supposed to wear an ankle monitor and stay in Mississippi, and he is out in Texas None during of this matters. time. Nobody gives a fuck. And he and was like, also spotted out and about that that time, having a great, great, what? great time. Doing Other a, people's lives are at risk. I Oh, yeah, for sure. But they don't care because they're gay. Right. They really don't give a fuck. And that is, you know, if all of that is true, which it seems to be, there's just been no, like, confirmation from police. Um, it means not only is the queer community at great risk, but also he, again, broke the rules of his fucking bond where he was going where he was not supposed to. It sounds like he's not a good boy. I don't think he is a very good boy. So basically, this means his pam- family paid for him to go out and party and go on a vacation, have a grand old time, and hopefully during that time didn't act out on any violent urges. We don't know. He could have. We could have. He could have. They should probably be looking around to see if there was any unsolved fucking murders in Dallas, in Dallas during that time. The Dallas is a big place and people. Oh, my God. Especially if it was a trans person. They're 
they don't they don't even a lot of times do especially in Texas man they're not going to fucking do shit looking for uh, you know somebody who killed a trans person even if he had stayed in Mississippi the courts released a murderer straight into the heart of the queer community there and they did not give a fuck about it from December 1st 2022 around that day until March 29th 2023 Timothy was just out living his best life in that time, the case was prepared for the grand jury to review. And when they did, they the jury what the stuff that the jury saw, they believed that there was enough evidence to indict him. Timothy went back to jail and is currently awaiting the final trial as we record this. His family maintains that they don't believe he did it, at least publicly, but I think in their souls they know he did. I have a feeling that they know either about his him being gay or his violent urges. I think that they've known. I don't think this was a complete one off, amazing, just weird instance that happened. I yeah. think that he's done things before. I've known people from well off families that have like had violent urges and their families just kind of like pushed away and like, well, he's my good old boy mm-hmm. and like and quickly tried to sort of marry them off and be like, she'll calm him down. And then it just gets transferred onto her and yep. like other people get hurt. Yep. Because nobody wants to deal with like, you know, the, the little boy is a psychopath. Yep. Uh, yeah. I really think that they probably know. Of course. And they just don't want to further tarnish their reputation. A babysitter knew. I just looked yeah. at Dallas, Dallas, Texas hate crime. Murder. It looks like there's a lot. I mean, yeah, there's a lot. Um, I wonder if anybody's ever looked directly around where he was alleged to have been during that time. But what's really infuriating about all of this is, I mean, all of it, but one is that Jay was happy to have gone on his way when this happened. Obviously, Timothy had done something that had really upset him to the point where he had blocked him. But I don't think he was happy, I would say, to go on his way, but... Whatever fucked up closeted thing Tim had done to him, Jay was just going to move on. And Tim just could not handle that. Yeah, because he could have just left and then like, bye, leave it at that. He he could have not made an account and then reached out to Jay and begged him to come back. He did it either because he likes to kill or because he was so terrified that Jay was going to tell somebody that he did this stuff with him, that he simply had to erase him. Like... He'd rather become a murderer and spend his entire life staring at a prison wall than anyone to know he was attracted to men and trans women. That's what it sounds like to me. Jay was just going to go on with his life and Timothy sucked him back in. Like it wasn't even a thing, not that it's any better, where Jay was like, come on, one more time, please come see me. He was trying to move on and Tim could not handle that. It's that's, you know. If that is the case that he was so scared some that his family would know that he was gay, that is some wild indoctrination there. Like, that is so crazy. Just think about that on his base level, that his he was so scared potentially of his family knowing mm-hmm. that he liked sucking a penis, that he'd rather have ended somebody's life. Preachers have to be, like, held accountable for this kind of shit. If you're on the pulpit... <sighs> saying this indoctrinating people you can't do that i wish that were true that's hate speech it's it's so protected by the laws that it draw after all of these years it's just drawn criminals in because they can get away with whatever they want based on a religious law and a lot of those people probably don't even believe in fucking god you know you go like you look at these prosperity i'm going on a fucking rant man a lot of these people never even read the bible yeah, I mean, especially a lot of the women, they're not even told to read a lot of the Bible. I tried to be in Bible study and they said, no, that's for the boys. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck you want me to do? I didn't say that. But they were just like, you just got to submit. You just got to submit. There was this, uh, again, off topic, there was this woman, uh, this young, like, young woman on TikTok who was doing, she like is a recently converted like religious influencer because that's a big thing on TikTok. And she was like, I was just doing my my Bible reading this morning with like getting in touch with God. And did you know there's this whole segment where like this person throws the, his wife out because she was being a whore and then she got raped a bunch of times. And then when she came back, he he murdered her because of this. Isn't that crazy? I don't need I don't need reality TV. This is all the tea in the Bible. You're like, yeah. Do you even know what you're just like? 
This is what you're following. Ugh. This is what you like. This is you. you this is what you support. <sighs> so, okay. Also, there's one other. Um, so there, there's another TikTok actually I wanted to bring up because uh, we just all get, we always talk about TikTok. Uh, last week I mentioned to you that there there was something I thought you'd find interesting, Amber. Um, Jay's socials have been taken down, which is understandable, probably by his family. So I can't find a any version of this TikTok that Jay made that's like not re like reposted and reposted a bunch of times. So it's like a little annoying because there's like different songs playing over top of it because it's been on like stitched like several times. So basically, what he says in that TikTok is that he uh, had a premonition. It's. I mean, if you if you believe in that sort of thing, that's what it sounds like. Um, a lot of people hear that as that, but he basically says in this TikTok that he he was calling <laughs> this guy a sneaky link, which is cute. It's like somebody that he was like low down, like just hooking up with, and he was saying it was this guy he hadn't spoken to in a long time, and he had a dream that this guy called him over to hook up with him, and when he got there, he decided he didn't want to do it anymore, and then the man tried to murder him. Fuck. And then the next day, that same quote-unquote sneaky link randomly out of the blue dms him asking like what's up what you doing how you hanging out and he was like am i okay i just he makes it makes a joke about a love spell whatever but it it is a little it's eerie to say the least do you think he saw that tiktok and was like fuck it i'll contact him maybe i mean those things are possible that's a lot of times what i think like magical stuff happening it is because Maybe that guy saw that and maybe that put a thought into his head or whatever, you know. He also said there was another person there and there was another person in that white car. Yeah. So I just thought you would find that interesting, Amber. Um, Some people would say that that was like a premonition. Um, Yeah. And do I think it's a coincidence? I do think so. But it's still quite haunting and very eerie that that he posted something. So I don't know exactly what day it was because his social has been taken down. But um that he would post that pretty close to the point when this happened to him. So very sad, very infuriating. Um, so this guy, what's up with this guy? Like he's just out? No, no, no. He's, he got indicted. So he's okay. in jail. He's in jail. But he... He was out just having fun. Yeah, he got he got a, like a good three and a half month vacation uh, to just go do as he will. There has to be people in the Dallas, Texas area. Right in, if you know of anything. I mean, this is serious. Yeah. Um, it sucks. And this all comes from powerful affluence, people not wanting to rock the boat. They want things to just be nice. Um, when And when they're not, they can't handle it. And they beg the judge to make it go away. I hate these people. It makes me really, really angry. Um, I'm so sorry to Jay's friends and family. He seemed really amazing. He seemed like a kind person and also very talented. If you go to the Justice for Jay Lee um, Instagram, there's some videos of him dancing and he was just seemed like a beautiful soul. Uh, so for the series, we're going to donate to Jay's family's GoFundMe as they are still currently in this fight. It's not really over yet. And so that's what we will donate for this series. And we will be back with another a um, Pride-inspired series next week, Amber. Thank you for, for everything, Natalie. Oh, I didn't do anything. I, I just – it's just I, – I, I had struggled so hard to – connect with people who would rather ask for leniency than to to have any compassion for this very kind human being. Yeah. Well, compassion is often in these circles seen as a weakness. Well, it's not. It's not. It's very, it takes a lot of courage to to be that vulnerable. Yeah. And empathy, that's seen as a weakness. That's kindness, weakness. That sucks (laughs) because it's not weakness. Um, It's quite the opposite. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I hope you guys are, are having a good summer. Um, we, I don't know, we just, I don't know how to end this one. It's make, It just really bumps me out. It's a real fucking bummer. I mean, I guess, I don't know, be true to yourself. Be kind. Please, don't, you don't need to hide. If you're not doing anything that's directly hurting somebody, just 
be okay with it. Even yeah. if people in your life are telling you it's evil or sinful or whatever, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They don't. They don't speak for an, a, a god. You you have a connection to a higher being. They can't tell you what the, what God says. It's like a manicured lawn of a personality. That's it, what everybody has. But then in the backyard is literal fucking bodies. Yeah. I don't want that. I'd rather have a slightly messy front yard and no bodies. Right. Um, So hopefully that's how you guys feel too. Even through this, we are still saucy, pert, and greasy. Follow us on Someplace Underneath and the Natty Jean. Amber Smelson. We'll see you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Start your electric journey right here, right now. With a Volvo XC90 Recharge, our plug-in hybrid SUV with extended range. For more everyday electric journeys on a single charge with a hybrid option for longer adventures. Contact your local retailer to book a test drive or design your own vehicle at volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC90 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid. The electric car with a backup plan.